Welcome to today's podcast, where we are joined by Jessica De La Rosa, who formerly had a career in corporate healthcare for many years and is now coaching women to empower themselves to live the life that they have truly imagined, whether it is developing healthier habits for a healthy lifestyle or busting through barriers that have kept them in the past from having the experiences they desire. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you here with us today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm extremely excited to be here. Great. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live, and a little bit about what you do now? Yes. Uh, so I'm Jessica and I am by trade, uh, originally a registered nurse. Um, I did registered, I was a registered nurse for over 20 plus years. Um, and even before that I was doing, um, nursing assistant for eight years before that. So I've been taking care of people for a very long time. It's my love. It's my passion. Um, currently what I do is I'm a health and life coach. I've shifted gears from that reactive, um, care of people to a more proactive approach, helping people, you know, get healthy, stay healthy, um, and then live that healthy lifestyle they like. Um, I'm coming to you right now from Southern California. Um, I'm not originally from here. I'm originally from actually Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, but, and Boston is such a gorgeous city and a wonderful city, but, uh, I'm a sunshine, warm weather kind of girl. Okay. So I was poking around your website a little bit and I saw a quote on there that said money isn't everything. So you've had a major shift. You started in corporate healthcare, worked as a nurse and made this major change. So can you talk about what that was like, if it was scary, how long it took you to make that change? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was definitely scary. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, so I was in corporate healthcare and, uh, I spent my nursing career, uh, just working hard, just hardworking. Um, I really wanted to make a difference in what I was doing. Um, and I, at one point felt that in order to make that difference, I needed to, uh, get to that top of that executive corporate ladder. And I did, and I made it there. Um, so my work, uh, had me, um, leading change across whole hospital systems. So responsibility over several hospitals at a time, um, I was a resource of go-to. And of course, with that kind of work, came a lot of good money. Um, I was paid very well for it. Uh, but um, eventually over some time, now I did that for uh, about 10 years. Um, and I got to a point where um, I, I was starting to feel some, what I now recognize as signs of burnout. Yeah. Um, and, and I was doing a lot where I was just putting out a lot for a lot of people, everyone depending on me. I definitely didn't want to let anybody down. So I just kept doing and putting out and doing and putting out, you know, at work, at home with the kids. I have a husband and kids, uh, my parents, um, et cetera, and friends. 
Um, and so I just got to a point where I just started kind of going down this slippery slope, starting to feel um, some anxiety, some sadness, uh, not feeling very fulfilled um, anymore. And actually what I found was, as I started using, especially now in hindsight, of course, it's always 2020, I found that I was using a lot of the money that I was making to kind of get some retail therapy in. Mm -hmm. I was using a lot of that money to, you know, buy things here, buy for me, buy for friends, buy for family, buy. And I mean, of course, that's nice when, you know, you're blessed in a way that you can provide for others that way. But it just wasn't it wasn't effective money spending. It was just me yeah. trying to find feelings to feel better, ways to feel better. Um, so money. So what I eventually figured out after a, and it wasn't an overnight thing, it was a process and it was a pretty difficult and painful process, but eventually I figured out that money isn't everything. Um, I was making all this money, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't yeah. fulfilled, yeah. I was feeling empty inside. Um, and so I did, I eventually made a decision to walk away. Um, and a lot of people thought I was crazy, uh, friends, family. Uh, I had worked so many years, 20 plus years to get there. Um, and yet I kind of just made a decision and just decided to walk away from it. And it was painful. It was torturous. Uh, but I knew yeah. in my heart it was the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, your story really resonates with me because I, I have the same story. It's a little bit different, but I walked away from a very um, secure career in higher education um, with that same burnout creeping in. Um, mm. And you don't really know that that's what it is for a while, right? Until you really, really feel it and you have to make a decision. Um, I did want to ask you, uh, two things really. Uh, the first is what you did mention anxiety and the retail therapy and just uh, that overall sense of unhappiness. But if someone were sensing that they are just unhappy in their job, that maybe burnout is coming, what are the signs of it? What are the early signs that people, mm -hmm. that women in particular can look for? Yes, of course. Um, I think some of the earlier signs are just tired tired yes. tired all the time like right? fatigue extreme fatigue yes. yeah and and you know as women we pass it off like well I'm always tired I mean I'm I'm a caregiver right I've mm -hmm. got work I've got husband I've got kids spouses whatever partners and you know and, and it's but the exhaustion just doesn't you there's nothing nothing satisfies the exhaustion and you right. might find yourself just coming home and crashing at the end of the day. Yeah. You don't even have enough energy to fix yourself a healthy meal or make sure you're eating a healthy meal. There's right. just not even enough energy for that. Which adds to um, the spiral, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. For me, I also found the exhaustion was stealing away a lot of the clarity too. I wasn't clear. It was difficult to focus. Mm -hmm. You know, it was difficult to focus even doing a job that I've been doing for so long. I mean, I had gotten so good at my job. I could have done it with my eyes closed. Yeah. Uh, but I think in those earlier stages, and it was confusing because I started kind of like, almost like losing the grip on what I yeah. was doing work. And I was like, why, how am I, why I, I know what I'm doing. I could, I'm like the best at this job. Yeah. Right. There's no one better than me doing this job. So how can I, but it wasn't, I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was meeting that standard anymore. Isn't it so funny? I, um, sorry to interrupt. I, I had the same experience and I was teaching English at a university. So when you start forgetting higher level academic vocabulary words, 
something that has never happened or literature or, you know, for me, I passed it off as brain fog and hormones. Yes, 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 absolutely. Same here, passing it off as brain fog. But, you know, at that point with the exhaustion, you're too tired to even try to figure out like, is it my diet? Is it, Mm -hmm. um, is it that I'm not, I mean, it's just, you're not even thinking about those things because you're just too tired to even go there. You know, it's, you, you really get put, you, so you start, you start moving into this survival mode Yeah, and you're really just doing the bare minimum for yourself. Mm -hmm. So, so I wanted to ask you about pushback. I know that I, I had a little bit of pushback because not only was I in higher education, but I was in a job where education could be free and I've got three boys, but Mm. I was working and pushing it to the point where I was going to to lose it if I had to do it another year, let another, let alone another 12 years. Um, mm-hmm. Did you experience any pushback from family, from your spouse, um, that kind of thing? Um, you know, for me, um, I, okay. So first with, as far as my spouse, I, I am so lucky to have a supportive spouse. I'm lucky mm-hmm. to have a, a partner in life who I can fall back on, uh, we're by no means a perfect couple or marriage. I mean, it's not that, but when it got down to how my health was yeah. starting to take that dip, mm-hmm. uh, my husband, uh, started just kind of not liking what he was seeing, um, yes. was getting concerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think because of that, he started becoming, um, he was, he was very supportive. So he was like, you know, Jessica, if you're not happy, if this, if this is, if all this is, you know, you're doing your commute, you come home, you're too tired to even listen to the kids. Cause I have three children myself, Yeah, you know, all in school, all grade school, one high school. And if you're too tired to even hear about their day, like something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So he was very supportive. Pushback I did um, receive from my mom. <laughs> of course. Um, it's always the mothers, right? <laughs> Don't mean I, to still, call you I think I mom. still do. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I think it was just more from her needing to understand, yes. uh, coming from a from traditional generations, her just needing to understand uh that you know things are different today as far as the work environment um mm-hmm. and, and the length or amount of time people can commit to. Yeah. Um maintain that sanity so but she came around I mean you know we we talked about it and it took some time but she came around um so really and then and then I think honestly I think the hardest for me was dealing with any opinions from other people yeah because I was I was working a a great job yeah great position great money you know, and so a lot of people have opinions about that. They do. And I think that was the hardest part for me. Yeah. It's good that you have um, a great supportive husband. Um, My husband at first thought I was nuts. And then it was the same thing. He's very, very supportive. And he's probably my biggest um, advocate of what I do these days, probably much more so now Mm. than when I was working before and teaching, Um, Mm. just running a business and so forth. I I can remember at one point when I tried to leave the university, um, they offered me a a really big promotion, just tried to Mm -hmm. give me like a really upper level management type position. 
And I can just remember being at the hair salon with the foils in my hair and starting to sob and calling my husband and saying, instead of accepting my resignation, they offered me all of yes. this. And, and he said, you have to say no. Yes. And that was it. That was just, it was like all of the weight was off. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a blessing to have people in your corner. Um, mm -hmm. And, and for the, and for someone who's not in your corner initially, they can eventually get in that corner. And then it's just a matter of being patient with them and yeah. helping them understand what's going on with you. Not like mm -hmm. I had to do it with my mom, but yes. Um, and it was, it was a similar experience for me. Once I gave my resignation, they of course tried to talk me out of it, tried to throw more resources at me mm -hmm. and, but yeah. And, and same thing. And, and I sat and I thought, am I doing the right thing? What am I walking away from? And yeah. are you getting seduced by the, what like everybody thinks you should be doing and yes. like, Oh, and the money and stuff. But so that's the hard work is you have it to is. stop and tap into yourself, center mm -hmm. yourself, really dig deep. What is it that you want? Um, yeah. Ultimately it's your soul at risk, right? If you, mm -hmm. if you keep doing something that's harming you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So you now want to share all of this with other women and that's what you're doing now. So can you tell yes. us what is your mission in that? What is it that yes. you want to do? Yes. I, I love this part. Um, what I found because of my own journey, um, now I, I like to call myself a recovering overachiever and perfectionist. Um, which was a lot of work that I've had to also do within these last few years to let go of a lot of that, um, you know, letting go of a lot of unrealistic expectations. And, um, you know, now my mission is just I want, helping women pause and be okay with while everybody thinks your life is perfect or what you're doing is perfectly what you should be doing. Mm -hmm pause and say, no, it's, it's, it's not what I want. It's not okay. And, and, and it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. You, you know, it, a lot of women, because I was there, we're riding that current and you think that, well, this is providing for my family. This mm -hmm. is, this is what I trained. You know, I mean, I'm, I have years and years of student debt for yeah. my training. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, my, my career didn't come cheap. Right. I paid for that. And, but, you know, and, and so that was another piece where I had to stop and accept that it's okay. Okay, Jess, you did all of this training. You, you, you know, okay, you served, you served the years that you served. Yes. And now it's time to serve you yourself. And so my mm -hmm. mission is to help women understand that, that it's okay. If you're, if you're having a strong desire to walk away from a situation like that, because you're no longer happy, or you have a strong desire being pulled towards uh, doing something different, something that's going to be, you, you know, in your heart is going to be so much more fulfilling that desire, that pull, that's a calling it's calling you. Yeah. You know, and it's, and we, and we should pause and listen to that and explore that. And that doesn't mean you have to jump out in front of whatever it is you think it is. And, you know, all, all, everything out there just running with it. No, you don't have to do I mean, just pause and get curious Yeah, just to get curious. It's okay. It's okay. And then, you know, if you have the life partner, the spouse, whoever, you know, 
have, have an honest, get honest with yourself and then getting honest with that, that partner. And so my mission is to help women be able to have that self-reflection and have those conversations. I'm their supporter, their cheerleader, encourager. Uh, And I can ask the questions that can prompt them to self-reflect in a way that helps them realize you know what, this is actually, I don't want that. And I think I want to explore this. Yeah. I found I've gotten really good at listening to my intuition over the years. Um, You know, it really is that silent voice that, you know, people are looking for this miracle voice to come in and talk to you. And really it's just noticing the little things, the synchronicities that start coming about and kind of following them, even if it's just one little step, right. Um, That takes you toward it. And I also find that you know, so many of the things that we want to do now, I was uh, reading your bio and you described yourself as a, a dreamer, kind of right-brained individual and and someone really looking for that artsy side as a child. Um, mm-hmm. I was the same, but you kind of move in this direction that you think is um, expected of you. Uh, what's yeah. practical, what's traditional, what's what you yes. should be doing, right? Yes. Um, and whether that comes from parents or just from society in general, Um, you know, we move that way, but ultimately if you're not on that right path, there's always that something's going to stop you, whether it's burnout, whether it's, um, it, you know, it can be so many different things. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. so I can really relate. And I think a lot of women will relate. So it's good work that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, um, two questions, one about your greatest challenge getting to where you are now, like maybe in the work that you're doing now, what has been your greatest challenge? Yeah, um, I think my uh, greatest challenge. Well, and it and it's just it's just within my own mindset. I feel that um, you know I, now I've worked like I said so hard to get that nursing career that I had. Yeah. Um, in technically, and I still have people trying to pull me back into that world. I still have people. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> You know, and, and, and bless their heart for wanting me back. It's, I mean, it's so rewarding to have people want you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so number one, that's been a challenge is, yeah. um, I don't want to disappoint again, like I'm, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm a recovering, yes. um, overachiever and a recovering people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And so um, when I'm having these conversations, my network still reaches out to me, wanting me to come back and they're throwing wonderful, beautiful ideas and offerings. And and it's like, I, and and here I am uh, pivoting in my career uh, in a different direction. And so not that I feel that I'm starting from scratch per se, because it's still all within that health industry. So I have Mm -hmm. a great network there. Uh, But in a sense, there is something about it where I am kind of starting from the beginning to build again um, and be known not as this what I was before that she, she's great at that call her yeah. for that but now establishing myself as great at this too. I can mm-hmm. really be great at this too. And I think that's been my biggest challenge and that's a lot of my mindset too. Yeah. And identity too. Right. Yeah. So trying to shift that identity over to this reactive uh, nurse who always wants to react to the community and the population's health, mm-hmm. et cetera, but now being more proactive. So I think that's been my biggest challenge is just shifting that identity over. But um, 
I stay true to my heart. I stay true to that desire. That desire is a calling. It's calling me. It's, it's pushing me and pulling me in that direction. So I'm trusting that I'm trusting the process and I'm trusting myself through this. And I'm going to keep taking these steps forward until, you know, I'm able to help people. Yeah. So on the flip side of that question, what has been your greatest joy in the work that you're doing now? Oh, I, you just fill me up when you ask that question. I love, um, so I do have, um, some clients now that, um, are going through their own situations, trying to figure things out and just sitting down and having one session at a time with each one of these people, um, and giving them their aha moments and their self-realization. Oh gosh, that sends such a charge to me. Yeah nothing compares to that. So, and that's part of what I stay focused on and marching forward until I get back to the top again. Um, and what I do. So that's been my greatest choice. Just watching people's like little light bulbs go yeah. or, or, or when, or when I'm helping people give themselves permission mm-hmm. to no, this is not okay. And it's okay that it's not okay. Yeah. And they, and they take that breath in and, oh, that is just, it gives me chills. Love it. Okay. So this is a question I love because you can see I'm kind of surrounded by books and um, love books. So I'm always reading now um, fiction, but also I love to read books about business and just self-care in general. What is a book that you might recommend to a woman kind of um, just getting started on this journey of, of questioning it, uh, whether or not she wants to make a change, wondering mm-hmm. if she should? Yeah. Um, now, I know there are a lot of great books out there that can help, but honestly, the first book that I just love to recommend to everyone is um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Love that. So my next stand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and the reason that I recommend that book to women in that position is um, it just starts small. Mm-hmm. It just starts, you can't, you know, you, you've got, you feel like you're, you've got this big mountain in front of you and you've got to make a decision and you've got to make a change and you don't really know where to start or, or what to do. And again, I mean, you, you know, when you're falling down that slope of the uh, burnout, um, you forget how to take care of yourself. You forget who you are. You forget mm-hmm. what you even, what do I even love to do? What do I like? And so what I think about this book that can be so helpful is that it starts, it introduces you to the concept of just taking small baby steps. Yes. And as you take these small baby steps, it's, that's what, and this is how I do my coaching is you just in small baby steps. And mm-hmm. so as you start taking these baby steps, you start realizing things and you start recognizing things and you start feeling small wins along the way. And so I think that that book helps women in this position build momentum Mm -hmm. to just kind of start uh, moving in the direction. Yeah, I totally agree. of, Of something, of anything away from what it is that they're no longer happy with. Okay. So the final question is where can we find you online? Can you share um, the places you'd like us to look on your website, social media, et cetera? Yeah. My favorite social media platform that I stay extremely active on is Instagram. On Instagram, you can find me as jessica.delarosa.she knows. I love to share a lot of um, just 
uh, realistic, everyday little tips to help people find joy, find energy, get clear on stuff. Um, and then my website is um, jessicahealthandlifecoach.com. Um, and there I share my story uh, with you, my experiences. Um, I'm also um, in putting a lot of helpful free resources for women in these positions, um, to, whether it's just learning a little bit about food, learning a little bit about reincorporating movement, um, just ways to restore some energy, because I think that's where it starts. You need to start with energy in order to start being able to make some clear decisions about what you want. So great. Well, it has been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have been here with you today. Thank you so much. Sure. And we will have all of your information in the show notes and also in the notes on the YouTube video. Thank you.